Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Hey, listeners, we're in for a treat today because we're going to divert a little bit from our typical agenda, which is everything digital transformation for everything across health and life science, payers, providers, life sciences, pharma, big tech. And we're going to focus on something that's common across all those, but common across life. So that's why I thought, hey, this would be kind of fun. We're going to talk happiness. Right. So life is more than just uh, our digital wonderment and all the crazy things and cool things we got to do to to bring health and, and, and uh, healing to people's lives. So I thought we'd take a step back and talk a little bit about something different. So, Cindy, how would you define happiness? That's a very good question, Ed. I think how I would define happiness is based on the people that you choose to surround yourself with and being able to fully live in the present and enjoy it. That's where most of my, that's where my sources of happiness come from. So that's pretty much how I would define it. Almost a perfect answer. Almost. (laughs) Almost. I I thought you might, I thought you might say, and you get to produce uh, digital voices. (laughs) Like, that too, that too. So we're going to hear from a friend of mine, an expert on happiness. He runs a blog and podcast called Hit of Happiness, but we'll let him tell that story as we get into it. But let me tell you how we met, how Brian and I met. So I was in Puerto Rico with my awesome wife, Simran, and we were, we love to do fantastic things when we travel and, and very adventurous and craziness. And so we were deep in the jungle of Puerto Rico. Actually, they have a rainforest in Puerto Rico. And we had done this excursion where you do a bunch of hiking, advanced hiking, and uh, and then ultimately you end up at a water hole. You can jump in and all that kind of stuff. And way out of out of reach of, of the of the average tourist. It would not be there. And along the way with us were this cool couple, a younger couple, probably about your age, Sydney, uh, Aaron and Paul. Paula. And uh, we just hit it off really well. We we're just talking about all sorts of things. We we're like, you got to beat Brian. You got to beat Brian. They talked so highly of Brian. And uh, and so we did connect. But it was funny. We then met that night in a hipster bar in old San Juan named La Factoria. So if you ever go to San Juan, Puerto Rico, and you're in old San Juan and you want to really get a true vibe and taste for the culture, you got to make your way to La Factoria. So that leads us to Brian. So Brian and I connected mm, six months ago or so. I was honored to be a guest on his podcast. And I love the stuff that he puts out. It's just so interesting. I then had a chance actually to meet his mother as well, which is cool. So uh, she's as, uh, cooler than Brian, but, you know, Brian's pretty close. Uh, she does some great work for a lot of great organizations uh, down in Florida. And so... I really enjoyed getting to meet her as well and and his broader family. So anyways, that's some of our common bonds and our connection. So Brian, you know, I'm saving the best of your introduction for yourself, but two questions we ask everyone. What's your favorite music? Hey, Ed, thank you for that introduction. And I'm only a little offended that you think my mom is cooler than me, but uh, (laughs) she she is pretty cool. So 
Uh, my favorite music. I would say I have two genres that I dive deep into. One of them is classic rock, and I, I grew up on classic rock uh, from my parents. I actually got to see the Rolling Stones play earlier this week, and I have to say Mick Jagger still got it. Um, and then the other piece, wow. the other piece of me is electronic music. And when I exercise, I really like that high beats per minute to keep me going on my long runs. Yeah, that's that's cool. And wow, the Stones live this week. Yeah, Mick's like what seventy nine. I think so. Yeah, seventy nine. He's still uh, he's still running up and down the stage. Yeah, you know, there's that song "Moves Like Jagger." I, I now fully yeah. understand why they wrote that song. He's got it. Yeah, I, I love uh, I love the Stones. They're a great band. So tell us about your life message and your mantra. It's probably going to tie into happiness. I'm going to guess, but what what is it? What are the words that you live by? Yeah, so uh, I'm a I'm a firm believer that happiness is a choice, and I, you know, most people live rather passive lives where they let life happen to them, and I really want to help people engage with their lives and be more intentional. So, for example, you know, most people will wake up in a given day today, say, today's a bad day, maybe tomorrow will be better. What I want people to do is wake up in a given day and say, you know, today's a bad day, I'm going to make today better. I'm going to go do the things that are scientifically proven to make me happier. And, you know, we're going to get into that. But go exercise. Go have a chat with Ed and Sydney. Go, you know, meditate. Do these things that are scientifically proven to make us feel better and make every single day count. Yeah, and I guess what bothers me is just all that, all that wasted potential of people not living true to themselves. Because I also believe that we are limitless creatures, Ed. And I know you're a triathlete and you've pushed your limits in every dimension possible. And I kind of see happiness as just the baseline for engaging with our own lives. You know, once you get to that baseline level of happiness where you can start self-actualizing and start thinking about what you were meant to do, what this life is all about, that's where you can start really, you know, doing life, really see what you're capable of, see what you can accomplish and how you were meant to impact the world. So high level, I want to make some, make, make a difference and motivate people and inspire people to do the same. Well, I'm already motivated and I can see Sydney is as well. So no, and Brian, you, you also, yeah, you completed your first Ironman just a few months ago. I, I did. Yes. I uh, did the Lake Placid Ironman in July uh, so that was, that was a, a journey. I, I, prior to the race, I signed up about eight months in advance. I had never done a triathlon. I was a marathon runner, but I didn't own a bike. I could barely swim. And I said, you know what, let's, uh, let's try this crazy thing. And I, I signed up for the race. I bought a bike. I hired a coach. And six months later, I, uh, I crossed the finish line and it was, it was it was challenging. It was inspiring. It was all all the feels, um, and I, I do firmly believe that you know setting big goals like this, the journey is the destination. And I, I just my all my habits changed. The, the kind of it just really uh, changes the way you look at life when you do things that you previously thought were impossible. Because now that I've accomplished that Ironman, I now start to consider. What else is possible? What else is there in life that I thought was impossible for humans? And, you know, now that I've done this, maybe those things are possible as well. So trying to translate that into other pieces of our lives, which I'm sure you understand as a, as a I believe you've completed a, an Ironman as well, Ed. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you get a tattoo? That's the next <laughs> question. I have not gotten a tattoo yet. So, you know, maybe, maybe after the second or third Iron Man, if there is a second or third Iron Man. All right. Yeah, for those not in the culture of Iron Man, so if you get a tattoo, it's usually with people in my age group, not necessarily Brian, who's much younger, but usually if it's a midlife crisis type thing, you do Iron Man, you get the, what's called the M-Dog tattoo. It's basically the, the logo of the Iron Man. So, yeah, I definitely, that was my first tattoo that got me uh, into uh, my, my problem when I with tattoos. So. <laughs> hey, so tell us, Brian, a little bit about yourself, you know, to, to your journey to where you are today. I know you're an MBA student in UCLA. You've done some great work already in your, in your career with PwC in the past. So tell us about yourself and how you came ultimately to this. I know that's a big uh, opening question there, but take your time unpacking that a little bit and how you came to Hit F Happiness. Absolutely. So uh, just to give a little background, I'm originally from Miami, Florida, went to University of Florida, got my master's in accounting, uh, moved to New York City to start my career in deals consulting. Uh, after, after a couple of years working, you know, I was, I was doing well, but I started wondering, is this what I was meant to do with my life? Uh, is there more to life, et cetera? And at this time, I became aware of this uh, certification. It was a certification in happiness studies. Uh, to become a certified happiness trainer. And I reached out to the person who ran this. His name is Tal Ben-Shahar. He's a professor at Harvard in positive psychology and leadership and one of the lead thinkers uh, on happiness today. And uh, I reached out to him. I asked him if he would grab coffee. Uh, we met up in Brooklyn. You know, I thought he would give me 15 minutes of his time. He gave me over a couple hours. And by the end of the conversation... Wow. You know, I, I was thinking, whatever Kool-Aid this guy's drinking, I want to drink that Kool-Aid because he, he, has, he has something going for him. So that kind of led to my one-year deep dive into the happiness world, learning, you know, what we think makes us happy, which in our society, it's really focused on money, power, success versus what actually makes us happy, which uh, some, is somewhat aligned, but in some ways very, very different. Um, and, you know, also connecting with other people with similar interests. Uh, reading exercises, writing exercises, meditations, etc. And uh, I came out of this with a whole new outlook on life where, you know, my North Star was now, how can I optimize my happiness? So after that, I started, you know, coaching a few people and trying to implement it in my life as much as possible. Uh, and then cue COVID, you know, so co COVID comes around and no one can plan for this, but I'm looking around and everyone is some level of depleted, anxious, depressed, when will life get back to normal? You know, everything's up in the air. And I started thinking, what do I have to offer to this world? You know, we, I think we all started looking at the bigger picture and zooming out of our, the nitty gritty issues of our individual lives and thinking of, as we saw people dying and getting sick. And, you know, I thought, what can I offer? I can offer happiness. So two weeks into COVID, I wrote my first uh, blog post on hitofhappiness.com, uh, just kind of helping people to look at what was going on with a different light. And my uh, slogan for Hit of Happiness is reframe your reality. So my goal was to kind of have people look at the world with a different lens and say, you know, maybe there's an opportunity going on right now. Maybe this is meant to happen. Maybe the, the world is unfolding for us as opposed to against us. And if so, how can we take advantage of these opportunities? How can we make the most of this situation? And I think, you know, a lot of people were given extra time. It, it's up to us 
if we chose to use it productively or scroll social media all day. But, you know, how can you take advantage of this opportunity in front of us? And so that was kind of my first blog post. I posted it on some of my social media sources. This was, again, two weeks into COVID where people were spending a ton of time on social media. So I got a lot of positive feedback and I said, you know what, this was really fulfilling. I'd like to keep doing this. So that led to another 30-ish or so weeks of posting blog posts once a week every Friday, giving my community a hit of happiness every Friday. And at a certain point, someone said, hey, Brian, have you ever thought about a podcast? And at that point, I said, you know what? I've, I've thought about it, but I've never pursued it. And it was time for that. So the next step was a podcast. And now I've you know released uh, a bunch of podcasts and I've now done corporate consulting um, where, you know, I've had webinars with uh, over 2000 people in attendance asking, you know, how do I become happier? How do I mitigate stress? Um, so it's, it's really interesting because happiness is one of those buzzwords where everyone it's, it's relatable to everyone's life. There's not a single person who wakes up and doesn't make a decision related to happiness. You know, they, people, Get, people go to work because they think they'll either have purpose or make money. They do that because they think it will make them happy. So given that it's related to everything everyone does, it's cool how uh, it's just I've kind of just built this community around a bit of a universal connector. Yeah, no, it's, it's fabulous. So let me ask you the same question then that I asked Sydney, given, you know, this is your area of focus and passion. Uh, how do you define happiness. Yeah. So I thought Sydney had a phenomenal answer where she touched on uh, surrounding yourself with people and being present. Uh, I think, I think those are really two of the main points and it really is about living in the now. And one of my, my favorite quotes is the time is now because when we're living in the past, we're thinking about the way things were. And that kind of sets us up for depression when we're living in the future that we're thinking about the way could things could play out and that sets us up for anxiety versus when we're in the present and appreciating the here and the now, that is when we are at our best. And it's, you know, a lot of times we're all focused on the big things. We're focused on that next promotion. We're focused on, you know, that next big trip. We're focused on, and you know, just future things. But in reality, in my opinion, the little things are the big things. This conversation I'm having with you and Sydney right now, that is happiness. You know, maybe you're going to hang out with your kids later. That is happiness. So it's, it's really being in the here and the now. And I think a lot of the principles behind happiness are focused at helping us get into the here and now. For example, for me, exercise. Without exercise, my mind is a monkey brain where I have thoughts flying left and right. And for some reason, when I go on that morning run, my mind gets quiet. And all of a sudden, I can be present and be focused on my conversations. Similar concept to journaling, you know, getting those high-level thoughts out of your head so that you can then then just really be focused on the present. So finding ways to be more present. And also a big piece of that, in my opinion, is goal setting. And you may see this with your triathlons, Ed, but by having these long-term goals and feeling like you have a sense of direction or purpose, that kind of liberates you into the present because you're not worried about where you're going next. You have your next step and you can trust the process. So hopefully that gives you a high-level idea of, you know, how I define happiness. And it's really just 
being present, progressing towards your goals, and also uh, challenging yourself. You know, I think we're meant to grow as humans. We're meant to constantly push ourselves. So uh, finding those things that both interest you and challenge you and pushing yourself uh, to grow in those realms. Yeah, so one of the questions I was going to ask you, but actually I'm going to modify here on the fly because I was going to ask, you know, can a person change themselves and become happy? But clearly you've already espoused probably five or six different techniques that really anyone, right, could uh, even if they're in a funk, uh, that maybe that's just been their style for many, many years. If they take some practical steps, they can actually change their, their outlook. Is that, that's what I'm hearing from you. So that's, that's absolutely correct, Ed. And I think what a lot of people struggle with is they know they want to be happier. And they know it's possible, but they don't know where to start. And so when I coach people in the happiness realm, I break down happiness into five dimensions. And that is, I, I call it our spire. A spire can be defined as the peak of a mountain, or you can think of it as the peak of yourself. And I, I you know, that stands for your spiritual well-being, your physical well-being, your intellectual well-being, your relational well-being, and your emotional well-being. So to repeat that, spiritual, physical, intellectual, relational, and, and emotional. And essentially, we're only as strong as our weakest link. So you could be at, in the best shape of your life physically. Um, intellectually, you're challenged by work or by your podcasting or whatever else. But maybe, you know, one of your relationships is, is not in the best shape. Or maybe spiritually, you don't f- feel that sense of purpose or meaning right now. That is where you need to start because that's what's occupying the most space in your head. So when I really find people who are looking to become happier, it's thinking about what is your weakest link? And how can we address that with actionable steps on a monthly, weekly, or even a daily basis to, you know, grow and move forward in that realm? What if you have, you know, we all have those people, maybe they're not a friend or maybe they are a friend or a coworker, and they're really always in a funk. Mm-hmm. And how much effort do you want to give to them to help them get out of their funk and understand happiness and head towards happiness as opposed to allowing them to kind of drag you down. I mean, where's the, where's that tipping point? You know, sort of a curveball question for you. That's a great question because some people don't want to be happy. There's no question. Uh, A lot of people, you know, play the victim's mindset where everything is why me? How could this happen to me? Life is happening against me. Uh, But for those people you really care about, it's, I think it's worth investing in them and worth having those conversations and helping them realize that, you know, happiness is a choice. And it starts for, for people who have zero momentum and Ed, you're someone who has a lot of momentum where, you know, you're, you're, you're firing on all cylinders. But for people with zero momentum towards happiness, it starts with just small wins. You know, start, start with going for a 30-minute walk three times a week. Start with, you know, inviting them over for dinners and making them feel like they're a part of a community. Sometimes it's as little as start with making your bed because, you know, people aren't even taking that much, uh, that much action. So I would say it's hard when people don't want to be happy or people reject the fact that they, uh, they can be happier. But if you care about them, it, it's on you to let them know that happiness is a choice. There is a science of happiness today. And by 
taking these actions and surrounding yourself with people who will bring the best out the best in you, you can get to a better place. Yeah. And it just made me think too, Brian, that I think happy people attract happy people. Yeah. There's no question so, about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and who would want to work with happy people, right? So, or live with happy people. Um, so, so it could be, you know, I, I kind of went negative on that last question, but in a positive sense, you know, if you embrace happiness and, and, and think about it and work on happiness and you attract others and you, it's a synergy, it could be a synergistic relationship, right? Everyone gets, helps each other, gets happier. Absolutely. And I think happiness is one of the few things that is a positive sum game. So a lot of people think, you know, if this person is happy, I can't be happy. But in reality, if, if, if you're happy, Ed, I'm even happier. So, you know, yeah. the more the more smiles we can spread, the better play, the better the world is going to be. So, you know, I, I definitely think that it's by surrounding ourselves with happy people and being around that positive energy that will also bring out the best in us. Yeah, no, I love it. I can see all the team applications, family applications. Yeah, this is, this is great stuff. I, I love the topic and that's why I'm so excited, Brian, that, that you're our guest. Certainly you've heard some cool stories over the last couple of years where because of your podcast, because of your blogs and, and the other relationships you have, really had an impact on some people's lives. Can you share one or two stories like that? Yeah, absolutely. So as it relates to, you know, my blog and my podcast, I love getting emails where people tell me, you know, they, they followed my Ironman journey or they follow my, my posts and they say, I signed up, I just signed up for my first half marathon or even my first 5k, you know, it motivated them to take that first step towards that small win that could over time build habits that, you know, could turn them into Ironman one day or could turn them into whatever it is they want to be. That, those are always, really uh, fun stories. And then on the other end, you know, in my corporate consulting uh, on happiness, I've met a lot of people who are actually rather, you know, naysayers of happiness. And they might say, you know, happiness doesn't belong in the corporate setting. You know, this is, this is where work happens. And, and so I expect them to, you know, sign off at that point. But in, instead, they're kind of like, you know, happiness is silly. But, but what are the keys out of curiosity? And you know, this is, this is, those are fun because those are actually the people that get the most out of the workshops where they're not already reading self-help books or questioning what makes them happy. And by the end of the session, their eyes are opened and they're, they're, you know, in the state where it's, oh, wait, maybe I do need to make a lot of changes in my life, you know? So th th those are always fun situations. Um, and then just, uh, meeting people, you know, Ed, Ed, you and I got in touch because we're both happy people. And someone said, these two people need to meet. <laughs> so I would say being just in this happiness world has just acted as a, like a social lubricant for me, where it's connected with me with so many fascinating people, often doing things that they are passionate about because passionate people tend to be happier. So I just feel like I'm surrounded by people that I'm so grateful to be a part of a community of. And hearing what makes them tick just inspires me to be better every single day. Yeah, I, I love that. What's what's one thing that maybe surprised you, Brian? So you launch Hit of Happiness, you embrace happiness as a way of life, way of living. Is it did something uh, come up that sort of surprised you in, in that journey? Yeah, that's a great question, Ed. I think I think so. Something I realized, especially from the training, is just 
how much of our well-being is within our control. And so, for example, you know, exercising three times a week for 30 minutes is more effective than the leading antidepressants on the market. You know, there's there's tons of studies and similar to this. Um, yet, so many people are looking for that easy fix. So many people would, instead of going for a 30-minute walk, which they're going to enjoy more than sitting on their couch or, or you know, sitting on their social media, um, they're looking for that easy fix, and they're just looking to pop a pill, or they're looking to, you know, fi- fix themselves through the easiest manner possible. You know, and sometimes what, what surprises me is just how easy it is to, to make a change and how few people are making that change. Um, and I just, for another example, the happiest countries uh, in the world are the Scandinavian countries. And uh, there were studies done on why is that the case? What separates these countries from everyone else? And one uh, standout finding was that over 90% of the people in these countries are involved in some types of uh, re- recurring clubs. So that could be through religion, that could be a running club, that could be a biking club, that could be a quilting club, a book club, what, whatever you want, something that meets on a weekly or monthly basis. And these people feel a sense of community and they feel like they're a part of something. So, you know, it's proven that being in a community and being a part of something bigger than yourself makes you happier. And, and people have the opportunity to do that. You know, you can join anything. There's, there's, uh, you know, figure out what interests you and join a club. But so many people choose to just live that passive life and not take action. So what surprised me was how few people take control of their lives. But it's also been fun to be a part of the revolution where I'm helping to inspire those to take that action and take that step to really engage within their own lives. Yeah, that, that's interesting in terms of the countries because you would think countries that have a lot of sunshine or, you know, really great weather all the time would be like the happiest places. But indeed, the Scandinavian countries are not necessarily the warmest <laughs> climates uh, or the sunniest climates, uh, but yet they have this happiness. Their happiness is not the weather or, or, or all the sunshine that you can get. I forget, that, I forget which Scandinavian country it was, but I, we were in all the Scandinavian countries not too long ago, they they had a special term for it, um, you know, probably in Finnish or something. But they have a, a term for that their happiness, and it's quite quite interesting. So I, I did throw you a curveball earlier. So this is more of a softball, I think. And is there a correlation between happiness and work productivity, or work success, or home success? So. Are happier people more successful than unhappy people? Absolutely. So uh, for everyone listening, the answer is what you would guess, yes. And there is absolutely a business case for happiness as, for example, happier employees um, have increased productivity, uh, increased generation of innovative ideas, have fewer sick days, tend to have a higher income, have more favorable evaluations from supervisors. Uh, are more su- supportive in a working atmosphere. So, you know, I, and you probably know that person who's the happy person at the office. You want to hang out with them. You want to give right. them more work. You want to you just be a part of whatever they're doing. So there's absolutely a correlation between how happy you are and your production at work. And also, you know, I think it's very important to not define yourself by your work. A lot of people, you know, for example, say, I'm 
an accountant. That is my job. That is also who I am. I think it's very important to have your passions, your other things beyond that. So, for example, what there's a there's a comedian I really like, and he has a, a book he wrote. His name is John Garrett, called "What's Your Aunt." So for me, example, beyond being an accountant, what is my and? My and might be that I'm an Iron Man or that I'm a happiness guy. You know, what is your and? Having that and that really, you know, you're passionate about and you really enjoy pursuing will make you more productive in the workplace as well because you'll carry that energy over every single day. Yeah, there there really isn't a downside, right? To being happy. <laughs> no, it's it's one of those things that you know you can't really make an argument against them. You know, sometimes people do want you to commiserate with them, and happiness is all obviously a roller coaster, and you need to be real with your emotions. And you know, if you're if you're not feeling great, that's okay to to sulk in that, but take action to make it better. You know, figure out what it takes. But, you know, the happier you can be, the better your life will be. So I think that's a, a fair statement. Yeah, it's like uh, I have this addiction that anything Hyribro, Hyribro, you know, they make like uh, Gooby Bears. Uh-huh. And it's a product out of Germany. And, uh, you know, it tastes really good. But at the end, afterwards, you're like, uh, it's not so good. There's a <laughs> downside. There's a downside to eating a whole bag of uh, uh, Fizz Coca-Cola or whatever. So, but there's not for happiness. So... <laughs> It's what it's and it's calorie free. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It works for all diets. <laughs> yes, I love it. So, Brian, we we covered a lot, but packed in a short amount of time. There's probably something that I didn't ask about, or maybe something we did talk about, but we didn't go deep enough on it. Final words, uh, up to you. Final words. Thanks for that, Ed. I would say my final words for those who aren't sure how to become happier or want to be happier is think about that thing that makes you feel alive. When's the last time you were beaming with energy? When's the last time you really felt like you were engaged with your life? And maybe that wasn't, that wasn't in the past couple of years or a couple of months, couple of days. Maybe you have to look back to when you were a kid. Was it team sports? Was it, you know, doing math problems? You know, it could be anything, but Think about what those things are that make you feel alive and do more of that. Do, do, bring it back into your life. Even if, you know, you're playing in a, in a 50 year old plus softball league or whatever it is, do more of that. And also just surround yourself with people who push you to be the best. You know, some people can bring us down. Some people have negative energy. Other people like Ed and Sydney here have very positive energy. Hang out with people like Ed and Sydney. Hang out with people who make you feel good about yourself and allow you to be that authentic version of yourself. Because when you are that person, you will excel in so many dimensions of your life and life will really conspire in your favor. Yeah, those are are fantastic words. Brian, how do people find you? I know you have a weekly newsletter, a website, all that kind of stuff. What's the best way? Absolutely. So yeah, if you want to check out my uh, my website, my blog, hitofhappiness.com. Uh, I also have a podcast on Spotify and iTunes or, and uh, Apple. That's again, Hit of Happiness and on Instagram as well, at Hit of Happiness. So check out the content if you want to be happier and who doesn't? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is great. Thank you, Brian, for being our guest. Thank you, Ed. I, I had so much fun talking to you. And you know, I had you on my podcast not so long ago. That conversation made me so happy. So I appreciate you returning the favor. 
Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get your mom together sometime too. We'll like you know, <laughs> we'll be together, do one together. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone. Be happy. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff, and we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health IT. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.